Each night before I go to bed, I close my eyes, I bow my head. I've prayed all day, said thank you God, that flower is nice, I like that dog. Now I thank him again for family and friends. I thank God that his love never ends. I ask God for help, please help me be kind. Help me to keep you in my heart and in my mind. Help me be brave, help me be strong. Help me love others all day long. Thank you God for today, tomorrow looks bright. I say amen, I kiss God goodnight. Hi York Street, welcome to church. It's great to be able to worship with you this morning. One of the things that we're missing while we're in isolation as a country is sport. We love our sport in Australia. It's a part of what we do in our routine. It's the teams that we barrack for, the, the things that we do on the weekend. I was a very, very, very amateur AFL player back when I was in my teens and early 20s. I loved playing the game of football, um, AFL, the true football, the one that Jesus would have played. And, and while I attempted to play the game, uh, I was never very good, but I was quite fit. And I remember as a 16-year-old uh, playing the under-16s match, followed by the reserves match, and then some weeks followed by the seniors match. Pretty much I was just a number uh, on the, the field. And by the end of some of those days where I've played up to six hours of football, I could have touched the ball up to three times. So it wasn't very good, but I was definitely a number on the field for our local town. One of the things I remember about playing AFL was any time we had a substantial event, we got into the grand finals or we got into a final, and what, what would take place almost every time, is the coach would sit us all down, either before the game or at halftime, and say these words. It doesn't matter about all the acrobatics and all the fancy stuff. The way that we're going to win this game is if we just get back to basics. And we've all seen it, haven't we? You'd be looking at maybe a, a giant grand final, and you see the, the, the people are getting ready to, to line up, the players lining up, to kick that goal, and the goal's right in front of them. And they take the ball, and they run towards it, and everyone with bated breath is looking for that, and then they kick the ball, and it shoots off out of bounds on the full. How can a professional player, not a player that touches the ball three times in six hours, but a professional player miss a kick that is right in front of goals so much? Well, because of the, the pressure, the anxiety, the, the sound of the crowd, they forgot the basics. And that ball wasn't guided down on the foot right, and the result was the ball shot off and went out of bounds on the full. Getting back to basics is important in a grand final when you're playing AFL. But it's also important for us as a church in this time of isolation when things are, are upon us, when we're feeling the pressure, we're now in a time more than ever when we've stripped away all of the other elements that make up our faith and our religion. We don't meet in the building anymore. 
We don't get to have some of the religious practices the way that we used to have them. And some of the man-made things have been stripped away from us. And so what are we left? We're left with basics. We're left with our foundations. And today we begin a series called Foundations, where we get to hold the truth of if we strip away these things, what do we hang on to? Maybe you're sitting at home and you're finding it really tough in this season. Well, I want you to know that this series will help you strip away some of the things you may be missing and find something that you can stand upon that will never, ever change. Maybe you're searching for spirituality or searching for God. This series will be great for you as it takes away some of the man-made things and looks at the very truth, the very core of what Christianity is all about. And today, if you haven't guessed it by the amazing prayer that we've seen through one of our children in our kids' ministry, today is all about prayer. So let's do that. Dear Heavenly Father, this morning as we come before you, as we get back to basics, as we look at the foundations, Lord, we pray that we would be able to strip away some of the man-made things and find what it is to have a foundation of prayer with a loving God. In Jesus' name, amen. It doesn't matter what country you're in. It doesn't matter what nationality you are. It doesn't matter what ethnicity you are. You know that prayer is universal. It's actually, it's almost as if it's ingrained in our DNA. We can't escape it. You can go to any country in the world and you will find people that are praying to things. Suri just tried to answer something for me. Anywhere you go within the world, you will find that people have a deep desire to pray. Some people in history, you'll see them praying to things like the sun or the moon or the stars. Some people pray to the seasons. Some people pray to to elements such as stone carvings or jewels or gems. You see, there's something ingrained in us that desires a need for prayer. So what is prayer? Well, if you look at some of the other faiths and religions around the world, you'll see that when they're praying, it's as if it's a transaction. You pray to the, the God of education so that your children have a good learning experience and become smart. Or you pray to the God of, of prosperity so that you have money. and you, It's a transaction. Well, in Christianity, it's kind of a transaction, but it's different. It's not that we're praying to a God so that we get something back. It's not that kind of transaction. It's actually a transaction that's based on a relationship. You see, from the very beginning of the world, God deeply desired to have a relationship with you and with me. So much so that we read in Genesis chapter 2, you know, Genesis chapter 1 and 2 talk about the creation. In Genesis chapter 2, God said his very first words to the very first person that he had created in Adam. The word Adam in the Hebrew, Adam, means humanity. And God created humanity. And then after Adam, he made Eve. And the Hebrew word for Eve means life in God's image humanity and life, to steward God's creation and to produce more life. 
and rule over the earth and care for it, Adam and Eve. And God's first words to Adam was, you are free. You are free to eat, to eat from any tree in the garden. But you must not eat from the, the tree, which is the knowledge of good and evil. When you eat from it, you will certainly die. What he was saying is that you can eat from anything. You are free. You have free will. You can make your own choices. But I want to be the moral compass in your life. So don't eat from that tree and take on the moral compass for yourself. Let me guide you. You're free to do what you want, but let me guide you. Adam and Eve failed, wanted to, to rule themselves, and we've been trying to rule ourselves ever since. And we broke that relationship, as we saw at that time, with that incredible picture that we just experienced over communion. How we damaged that relationship, yet God deeply desired to still have a conversation with us, although we couldn't walk side by side like we did in the Garden of Eden. You see, communion, communion, prayer, at its very origin, its very heart, is about communication. Prayer is about communicating with a God who loves us deeply, a God who cares for us. But when it gets back to basics, it matters who we pray to. Because if we don't pray in the right direction, it's like taking that football and it's like we go and take that giant kick and all of a sudden our prayers go out of bounds on the full. It matters who you pray to. And maybe, maybe you're listening to this message or you're watching this because you're on a journey searching for spirituality of some sort. And you've been praying to all sorts of things. And I want to say it matters who you pray to. It's like having your phone and dialing in random numbers and seeing who you get on the other end. It matters that you know who you're praying to because you want someone on the end that cares about you in a relational sense and can offer you the wisdom that you're looking for. We see this take place in Kings, where some people were confused. In 1 Kings, if you have your Bible, 1 Kings chapter 18, we see that the people are wrestling and they're looking for where to pray. And Elijah went before the people. This guy, Elijah, is a prophet. What is a prophet? A prophet is someone who can tell the future, but they can tell the future because when they pray to God, God speaks them and they can hear it. And it's a gift. Now, that's not like telling the future is really telling the future. It's not like me going, hey, I can tell the future. Sun's going to come up tomorrow and go, ha ha, I did. It's like really, really doing extraordinary supernatural knowledge of facts and events that were going to take place that would help God's people align with his will in supernatural ways that prove themselves time and time and time and time again. And this is one of those times. Elijah goes before the people and says, How long will you waver between two options? Where are your prayers going? What number are you going to choose to direct your prayers? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if the Lord, if, if Baal, the God that they were praying to, this other, this other direction that they were praying is God, follow him. It says, I've got nothing to lose. Let's work out who is real, who's on the other end when we start dialing in those numbers when it comes to prayer. It goes on and says, Well, you call on your God, and, and if he answers, and I'll call on my God. And the one who answers, 
They're the one that we're going to worship. They're the one that we're going to follow. And they called, one, they called them both gods, but the, the God that we see Elijah praying to is called the Lord, Lord God. And so they set up a challenge. And they had an altar built. And on the altar, they had a, a sacrifice, an animal that they put there. And they said, well, how about we pray to our gods and whoever burns the altar, the offering, showing that, that yes, we, we see that sacrifice. We see the cost that has been paid to show that that, that God is more important than, than earthly things. We see that representation and, and we're okay. So the, the gods, that the priests of Baal set up this offering and go about their thing and start praying to Baal and nothing happens. And Elijah says, well, maybe he's asleep. Maybe you need to pray a little bit louder. And he gets them all razzed up and they, they start praying louder and, and after a, a good amount of time, nothing happens. And Elijah goes, okay, it's, it's my turn. In verse 30, Elijah says to the people, Come here to me. And they came to him, and they repaired the altar which the Lord, uh, which was for the Lord, which had been torn down. And we see there was a specific altar that was made to represent people's thankfulness to God. And they rebuilt the altar. And more than that, they built a trench. They dug a trench around the altar, and then they got water. And they covered the, the sacrifice and the wood and the altar in water over and over again until it was so dripping wet that there was no way that you could light that with fire. At the time of the sacrifice in verse 36, the prophet Elijah stepped forwards and prayed, Lord, the God of Abraham and Isaac and Israel. What he does is he dials in the area code. He says, I want to make sure that this prayer lands where I want it to land. I'm not taking any mistakes. I'm praying to that God. I'm praying to the God that I know has done stuff before. I am shooting this prayer to the God that I've been listening to. And I want everybody else to know, this is my God. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel. Let it be known today that you are God in Israel, that I am your servant, and I have done the things that you have commanded me. See, he's not operating solo. He's not operating rogue. He hasn't set up this thing thinking, this would be a good idea. Well, let's try this. He's been obedient to God and has set up the sacrifice in obedience as God has commanded him. He goes on in verse 37. Answer me, Lord. Answer me, not for my sake, but so these people will know you and they know that you are, you Lord, a God and that you are turning their hearts back again. Then the fire of the Lord fell from heaven and burned the sacrifice, burned the wood, burned the stones and the soil and also licked up all the water in the trench. Can you picture that? This pillar of fire just erupting, burning everything in an instant. When all the people saw this, they fell prostrate, face to the ground and cried, Lord, he is God. Lord, he is God. Who you pray to matters. You may have been praying prayers to different things, trying different religions, trying different, and, and it's just not working. And maybe 
just maybe it's because you haven't been praying to a God that actually cares and is on the other end of that prayer. It's important to know who you're praying to. And we see in Scripture that it's so important that we know that we're praying to someone bigger than ourselves, in God the Father, God in heaven. But likewise, as we saw Elijah pray a prayer, he says, I am being obedient to you, God. He's not saying, hey, I wish I was better looking. I've been praying that for years. It's not working. It's not in God's will. I am what I am. I can't change that. But what you pray matters. We see in 1 Thessalonians 5, as Paul writes to the church in Thessalonica, in his final words, encouraging them and building them up. He says, Rejoice always, pray continually, and give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Jesus Christ. He's saying, Rejoice, pray continually, and give thanks. Rejoice. Pray continually and give thanks. So what you pray matters. The content of your heart, what's your attitude? Are you joyful? Are you grateful? The earlier verses says that that you've got to be doing stuff. Don't be inactive. Be doing things for God. And be happy serving Him and doing those things. And rejoice. Be grateful for what we have. The opposite of that, Jesus speaks to it himself in Matthew chapter 6, where he talks to some of the the Pharisees, some of the hypocrites that were there, who were praying in a way that was about their own ego. And he says to them, Don't be like the hypocrites, for they love to, to pray standing in the synagogue and on street corners to be seen by others. And if you want to be seen by others in what you do, then you've got your reward. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But if you're, like, if you're arrogant, if you've got that sort of need, if you're, you're like that, got some issues with your identity and you need to be seen to be doing the right thing rather than doing it for the right reasons, he says this, But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen, then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. It's about relationship. It's about the condition of your heart. I want to say that we see this take place time and time again. Just this week, I had a conversation with somebody in the church. It was was doing it tough. They were having a bad week. Things weren't going well. The pressure was building up. And in that conversation, within minutes of that conversation ending, somebody sent them a text message saying, hey, God, put you on my heart, and I just want you to know that you're awesome, and we love you. And in the conversation again with the person who received the text message, just going, what? How did they know? How did they know to send me that message? Our prayer requests that have been coming in and through the, the webpage and, and through the, the office, we had somebody in the life of our church that was, was struggling so much that they said, I just don't know if I can pray anymore. Not knowing that that very morning, the staff at the church had prayed for that person and sent them a message. And their reaction to go, wow, when I feel like I can't pray anymore, other people are praying for me. All outside of each other's knowledge, all taking place on a day-to-day basis by those who are aligning themselves 
with God's will. What you pray matters. So where should you pray? We've got who, we've got what. So where? Where should you pray? Now Jesus' passage is talking about those that are praying in a way that feeds their own ego. But really, we see Jesus pray everywhere. He prays in public, he prays in private, he retreats at times, he prays for the sick, he prays for blessings over the children. He's, he's praying all the time. And as we saw in Thessalonians, pray continually. You can pray anywhere. You can pray watching whatever screen you're looking at right now. It actually doesn't matter where you pray. When Jesus died on the cross, there was a veil that separated where most people could go and a holy place where God dwelt. And when Jesus died on the cross, that veil was torn in two. So we have direct access to the holy of holies. We have direct access to God, which means you can pray to God right now. It doesn't matter who's around you. It doesn't matter where you are. You can pray and God will hear that prayer. It's exciting, isn't it, to know that God desires a relationship and wants to hear us no matter where we are. Which leaves the last question, how do you pray? This is a foundation series. A foundation series to strip things right back. And as a part of this series, if we were to strip things right back to the foundation of God desiring a relationship with us, communication and connection, do you think that God would put a set routine and strict rules in how we are to pray with him? No. God just wants to hear us. If you pray with the right heart, in the right attitude, God will hear your prayer. He wants a relationship with you. And he will hear that prayer. He may not answer it the way you want it to be answered, but he will hear your prayer. It doesn't matter how you pray. It can be a simple prayer, like God, that God that that Tim spoke about, that God that's in the Bible. God, I I want to pray to you. Lord, would you show me that you're real? Would you show me? Could could maybe I feel something or could I see something? Could you show me in some way how I can connect with you? God would hear that prayer. If you want to go deeper in how to pray, this coming Wednesday we're starting the brand new series, our devotional series on Wednesdays as a bit of a pick-me-up for those as part of the church and our community that may be getting from Sunday to Sunday is a bit of a chore. It's getting harder. The small group connections maybe aren't happening because of technology, maybe because of isolation, maybe the groups didn't continue when things got shut down. And you need a bit of a pick-me-up. Well, this Wednesday, we're actually going through what is known as the Lord's Prayer. And I'd encourage you, if you want to get some more patterns on prayer or see how Jesus taught people to pray, you can tune in for that. But I want you to know that God hears your heart. He hears your heart. Because that's what prayer is about. Bringing the things of our heart before our Creator and building that relationship with Him once again. I want to say that this is so real. This is so tangible. 
and so relevant for us today. Because when everything else is stripped away, sometimes the only thing we can do is pray. Sometimes the only way that we can connect is by prayer. The only action that we can do is on our knees before God. I got to say, when I was putting this message together this week, it was a struggle. It's one of the hardest messages that I've written since, and probably the last, I think I've been here 11 months at York Street. And, and I wasn't sure why. I wasn't sure why it was such a hard message to, to write. I prayed lots about it, and it's a message on prayer. That, that's, yep. And what usually takes me a day took me about three days. And, and as I wrestled with this, I was saying, you know, God, why is it so hard to write this message which is a foundational message. It's a simple message. It doesn't need to be fluffy. It's just about prayer and connection with our God who created us. Not realizing that God was actually about to test me and our entire family as of yesterday. Yesterday we got a, a message that came through from my mum saying that my dad had an accident where a wool bale had fallen on him. My dad's a truck driver and carts grain and wool. A wool bale weighs between 100 to 200 kilograms. And falling from a distance, you can imagine what that would do. The wool bale knocked him out, and once he recovered, he was able to get himself home, and he was raced by ambulance to Ballarat last night. He has um, some damage to his back, and he's in Melbourne at the moment. He was taken to Melbourne for further uh, studies and, and to, to diagnose and see what action needs to be taken. And when you get that phone call saying your dad's been in an accident and the ambulance is on its way, in, in a time in the world where we are in isolation and we can't do anything, all that's left is prayer. When we talk about foundations, it's not just a nice idea, it's actually truth. It's all that we have. The only thing that we can do when we can't visit a loved one in hospital, when we can't have the, the knowledge to be able to act upon our own, we're not doctors or surgeons or specialists, we don't know. But we can go to the one who knows all things. We can go to the one who created him in the very first place. We can go to the one who knows all the answers to all the issues. And on our knees before them, we can say, God... We love you, and we want your will to be done. But God, this is our will. This is what we want. Would you look at our hearts and see how much we care for the people that you've placed in our lives? Would you look in our hearts and see how much we are interceding on their behalf? We're bringing the things to you that we desire, the things that, that we want to align with your will. We pray healing. We pray all sorts of things, not knowing what God's answer will be. And that's okay, because he's bigger than us. I want to say that, that this idea of foundations isn't just another series. This is actually foundations. This is what we build our faith upon. And when everything is stripped away, all that we have 
is the foundations that we stand upon. I want to encourage you, whenever you are listening to this, to remember some simple things. Who are you praying to? You can pray to anything. It doesn't mean it's going to connect. I take confidence in knowing that I am praying to the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel. I pray to the God that loved me so much that he sent his son to earth in Jesus Christ. I pray to the God that when Jesus rose and went to heaven, he sent his Holy Spirit. And I get to interact with his spirit on a daily basis. I'm not always feeling it, but I know that he is with me. I choose to pray in that direction. Sometimes what I pray is godly. Other times what I pray isn't. But it's about relationship and communication. So I pray and I pray and I pray. I say last night I prayed a lot in bed and that's okay. I prayed on the way to church. We prayed as a team before the service started. We prayed as a team and and as individuals when Sam, who's just sitting down here on my left, um, doing an incredible job with the tech to to bring you this service live, was having some issues with the technology. We can pray in all circumstances about all things and God is good. He hears your prayers. When all is stripped away, we have a foundation that is based on relationship, not routine. On a, perp- on a person, not a property. And I want you to know that you have access through prayer to the creator of all things. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you that we have direct access to the creator of the universe. That no matter what is taking place in our world, we know that we have a confidence in that we can bring the things before you that are on our hearts, that we can align our, our lives with your will. And Lord, when we pray your things, your will be done, we know that things happen on earth the same way that they happen in heaven. Lord, you are a mighty God, a conquering God, a creating God, a loving God. And so that's why we choose to make our foundational stand on you. And we choose to pray to the God that showed us what love looked like when he sent his son. We thank you that you are a way maker, a miracle worker in the midst of hard times. And we trust that promise that we would be able to connect with you and trust you no matter what is taking place in our world. We pray these things in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. I want to challenge us this morning that when you pray, you're praying to a waymaker, a miracle worker. Or are you praying prayers that are maybe a little bit more selfish? When you pray, are you praying to a God that's already got the victory? 
that has conquered death, that has won the battle, a God that we have hope in a future because of? Or are you, like the football player, forgetting the basics and shooting prayers in weird directions or praying things that that aren't building a relationship but are treating it as if it's a transaction. If I put in my prayers, I get the new car. Rather than I want to talk to you because I care deeply about who you are, the way maker and the miracle worker. If you're searching for God, I encourage you, the most powerful prayer that you will ever pray has three elements to it. Sorry, thank, and ask. The first part says this, sorry God, that just like Adam chose to take that fruit that meant that he wanted to have the moral compass and make the decisions, I have done the same thing. I am sorry that I have messed up my relationship with you. Second part is thank, thank you Jesus, that you came to this world to die on a cross in my place so that that relationship that was broken could be restored. And finally, ask. I ask you to send your Holy Spirit into my life so that I would never be alone again. So that I would have confidence that when I pray, I know that I am praying to a way maker, a miracle worker. That when I pray, I pray in a direction that there is someone on the other end that deeply cares for me. And in that Holy Spirit within me, may I be changed from the inside out in my thoughts, in my actions, in my attitude towards others and towards you. May today start a journey of being the person you have called me to be. In Jesus' name, amen. That prayer, the beauty of having this on video, you can watch it over and over again. But that prayer is the most powerful prayer you'll ever pray. Because once you've accepted Jesus and the Holy Spirit into your heart. You're never alone. Never, ever alone. As we saw in that communion talk, the things that we've done wrong start to get rubbed away. And each and every day starts anew. God, what do you want me to do today? How can I align my life with your will? Help me to love you with my heart, soul, mind, and strength, all that I am, and live that out. If you want to learn more about God's pattern for prayer, tune in on Wednesday. We would love for you to join with us at 7 o'clock for our Wednesday devotion. We're also really excited to say that this week, at 8 o'clock on Wednesday, The journey continues. If you are struggling, if you've got kids at home and you're doing it tough, if your relationships uh, with loved ones is being strained, if you're feeling like at your wit's end, you feel like your partner, the tensions are rising and you don't know where the end is, then at 8 o'clock we have Brett and Kate Ryan from Focus on the Family uh, video streaming in with a Q&A session. Because we believe that where there are problems, there are possibilities. And our God is a way maker. 
And so we're really looking forward to strengthening parents. It doesn't matter if you're, you're a single parent or you're team parenting. And couples, we want to strengthen them. And we're really looking forward to focus on the family joining with us at 8 o'clock. You can catch that through our normal communication streams of social media, YouTube, but also an email will go out with direct links for those that wrestle with some of the technology and struggle to to access some of the, the content that's going out there. Our prayer is that this week you would be able to stand on the foundations of faith, knowing that while things may move in this world and shift, these foundations have withstood world wars. These foundations have withstood different plagues, different superpowers. They've transcended time. They've transcended gender. They've transcended nations. They've transcended superpowers. They've transcended governments. And they will continue to transcend all the pressures of this earth because these foundations come from a God who has overcome the world. Have a blessed week. We hope to see you through the week at some of our live streaming events. If not, we'll see you next Sunday. God bless.